Oh my stars, I am so thrilled you're here. My name is Kai Graham and welcome to another episode in my podcast, The Parent and Teen Toolbox, which is designed to equip parents and teenagers with the tools for navigating adolescence. I've been in the trenches of parenting and now I'm on a mission to help parents support their teenagers so that together we can build a mentally healthier and happier generation of young people. Each week you will receive learnings and takeaways that will help you tackle the challenges and the oh shit moments that are often associated with parenting tweens and teens. I have your back and I'm glad you're here. Hello, you wonderful lot. I am so excited about this episode. Another treat. I know I always say it, but I know you're going to love this one. Um, I am talking today with Amanda Chatsi-Constantino. And Amanda is a master certified life and wellness coach. And she specializes in coaching young adults through the stresses of transitioning to adulthood and struggling with life's challenges. And I know any of my clients and my followers will go, oh, yeah, I need to sit down with a cup of coffee and listen to this one because it's hard, isn't it? Amanda has, she has an undeniable passion to empower every young person to understand the power of their mind, their innate wisdom, and how to build a thriving future. Golly, if we only had that when I was young. Through her proven results-based coaching program, she equips her clients with essential life skills, effective goal-setting tools, and stress management strategies to become confident, self-motivated, independent, and resilient adults. And this is the bit I love. She continues to commit herself to making it her life mission for every young person to have a coach. Amanda, my darling, I am so glad you're here. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I just want to wade straight in, actually, because this is the sort of mission after my own heart is to, to ensure that every young person has a coach tell me and, and and I'm presuming we're not talking about football hockey or whatever we're talking about the life coach is that fair and would you call it a life coach more to the point yeah so for me I really would definitely say life and well-being coach because yeah. I feel like yeah it's so important not only on the life side of things but also this well-being and really take a very holistic approach and taking everything into consideration, you know, we have the physical, we have the mental, the spiritual, like there's so much that goes into a person. And I just feel like if we have the support when we're young and able to build a solid foundation for young people, then it actually ultimately becomes a springboard for their future. Yeah. And I think a bar tennis coach or football coach, when I was young, we didn't even know that there was such a thing. And I, so from my own personal journey, it was only in my 40s, my mid 40s, that I got a coach. And I just thought, do you know what? What an absolute waste. Because if we get the kids when they're young, if we give them the tools that they need, then surely they don't have to carry this emotional baggage that us blimmin' adults have had for decades. Yeah, it's so true. And that's why I love working with young people, because it really is, you know, we're able to set them up for their future. And like you said, you know, they haven't really rooted all these, you know, limiting beliefs or maybe negative self-talk. They actually have, right, they've been able to start young. And so as they mature and they grow, they already have a really solid foundation to build on top of and to understand, you know, what is going on with their thoughts and how can they become the best version of themselves? Yeah. And so do you work with um, one-to-one or do you work in sort of group coaching? What works better for you guys? Yeah. So for me, most of what I do is one-on-one. I do have courses Um, But really, most of like the coaching work Mm. is more one on one. I just feel like being able to give a customized approach because every young person, they're at a different point and different stage, especially in that, you know, working with 14 to 24 year olds. And I mean, 
it's, there's no age limit. Like if someone were to be outside of those ages, it doesn't mean that I, you know, we couldn't work together, Um, but that's typically where my clients are age range that they are in. And I just feel like a 14 year old and a 24 year old, they're at different stages in, in, in life. And I think also, I mean, as you sort of say, the, the coaching really, um, mentoring, whatever you want to call it, does need to be sort of bespoke for want of a better phrase. But also, I think the thing is, when we're sort of talking about the emotions and the and the sort of mental and and, and even the, the sort of spiritual, but that those issues that are affecting us, they're deeply personal, aren't they? So, I mean, I, I guess mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, I, I sort of find in my coaching programs, it's only when people gra- gravitate to one-to-one that they allow themselves to open up and they allow, you know, there's, there's always a little bit of us holding ourselves back, isn't there? So I think the thing is, is that the one-to-one is when really the magic happens. Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, it allows them to feel seen and heard because yes, there are, and everyone's different. Like some people are comfortable to share in a group, maybe not fully open up, like you're saying, but you know, they may be willing to share Mm. but there's some people who that's not their thing and sharing with a group is very uncomfortable and though it's important to you know have the balance and be able to like be in a group and open up and that is part of them being able to grow and mature but there is something to be said in terms of a coaching relationship that that one-to-one is really where these young people do feel like okay, I have a safe space where I can just be myself. Nobody's watching. Nobody's judging me. I can just show up because there are some sessions that can be quite emotional. Oh yeah. And right. And so not everyone is comfortable in a, in a group environment to share that kind of vulnerability. And I think, yeah. So so tell me what, because we, I, I, I totally agree every young person should have a coach. So what in your mind is the role of a coach in this young person's journey then? What do you think, what, what should it, what should the coach be? You know, if, if say a parent's going, oh my gosh, I need to learn more about this. You know, what should they be expecting from a coach that a, a parent can't do for, for their kids? Yeah. So it's interesting that you ask it in that way, because it's, it's funny that so many parents come to me because they really do want their child to have this safe space that they know that, you know, maybe their child won't open up to them about everything, but knowing that they can have a trained adult that they can trust that has the same intention and same goal in mind of their child thriving and becoming their best self as a coach, that's where I get to come in and support the young person in maybe even exploring things that they might not feel comfortable talking to their parents about. Or there's times where it's funny that parents will say, I've been telling him or her that for (laughs) so long and they just didn't listen. And then it's, I say, I'm saying basically the same things, right? (laughs) You swan in and they start listening. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So sometimes it's just that third party. It's that outsider also what I found too is in creating that relationship with young people, they start to open up to other adults as well. And they start to be more receptive in the, with their parents, like just their communication is better the way that they are with, you know, their teachers or if, you know, sports coaches or whatever, Mm -hmm. they're different because they start to realize that, okay, maybe adults aren't so scary. (laughs) Maybe my parents do have a modicum of sense. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I, I experienced that just recently with my son, who sort of, um, he was sort of, is, is sort of opening up about his own mental health and his anxiety. And um, he was sort of talking to me and I was going, oh my word, why haven't you told me this? I mean, you know, did you not know what I do for a job? <laughs> he went, yeah, but you're my mum. And it's like, seriously? But yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing is our kids, you know, sort of maybe just look at us as having one or two hats, you know, and, and or, you know, the bank of mum and dad or the mum and dad, the chauffeur or whatever it is. But the fact that we're not really useful apart from, it, you know, those sort of things. So I, and I think actually it, on a more serious note, it is 
important for our kids to be able to find trusted adults that they can confide in or that they can rely on or that they know there's no ego or no judgment. There's no agenda. And that's so important, isn't it? Yeah, that no judgment and no agenda, I think, is huge. And I think that is a huge difference oftentimes between how the parent comes in with the child and how the coach comes in. Because as a coach, we're just providing space for everything and whatever. And we're not looking to fix yes. anything. And I feel like, you know, as as parents, we always, oh, you know, we we with the best intentions, we want to help them. And sometimes it's just giving space to it. Yeah. But not you, you say that. It. You say we're not coaches aren't here to fix in air quotes. So what the heck are we here to do? If we're not going to sort problems out, what, 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 what is our role? What do we do for these kids? Yeah, I, for me, I think it's really just to provide a space for them where they can feel seen and heard. And though I say not to fix, but I think, you know, we're helping them come up with the solutions. Yeah. We're not telling them, oh, giving them advice and saying, well, you should do this and you should do that. Like, no, no, no. As the coach, it's, well, what do you think? Yeah. How, like, how can I support you in this? And what do you think would be the next best step? And empowering them to make the decisions and find the solution. And if, you know, that can be challenging, of course, there's tips and tools that as coaches we can offer, but it's not like this is what you have to do and you have yeah. to do it this way. And really, you know, taking that advice out and more of like guidance. and showing them, you know, maybe in a situation where they are feeling a bit stuck. Well, let's look at, you know, expanding the choices here. And I think I, as coach, yes, right? Absolutely. Letting our kids know that they've got options, isn't it? Because yeah. sometimes, you know, you you might be sort of, they well, they haven't been around the block. They don't have the experience of life. And so, you know, for them, there might be only one solution to this massive problem. Whereas, we as coaches obviously have a the wealth of life experience but also from our own training and we will have seen you know other kids going through sort of you know same scenarios and deal with it differently so we've got that added experience which and I think kids need that you sort of say you know give them the opportunity to work it out for themselves they're wired for independence aren't they so they you know they are needing to get the control in their own life rather than well-meaning parents sort of saying do it this way because I know it works because that's not how we learn is it really yeah no exactly it's really like empowering them to find the choice empowering them to find the solution instead of you know even if you know as as parents like yeah we, we know what could really work well here <laughs> but taking that step back at I think as a coach it makes it a lot easier coming in to kind of allow them to try and find those solutions instead of us just giving them advice and saying, well, yeah, well, here's, this is what you should do and it's yeah. going to work and everything's going to be, you know, perfect. Um, but when a young person can actually take a step back and find a solution for themselves that when we can teach them to do that, then they can take that skill and apply it for other situations that they may come into, right? Absolutely. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? Is when you learn that lesson, that lesson is carried through life rather mm -hmm. than just being told, here's a quick fix. And then it sort of never really lands. It never sort of roots itself into being able to be usable next time around, isn't it? Yeah. I always say this, like, you know, we can tell our kids what to do, but if we can teach them, yeah, you know, what, how to get to the solution or teach them to even just knowing that they do have the answer they do have. And even though, you know, it may not work, maybe the solution they come up with doesn't work, but even just in that there's a learning. Yeah. And with that learning, then we can, you know, take that as feedback and okay so what did we learn from this situation and how can we do it differently next time 
precisely and this is this is a thing that i think we need to you know at, well as young adults they it, it helps to learn um but the younger the better is that i i always say that there is no such thing as failure only feedback because many kids don't want to make a fool of themselves or don't want to try something with fear of getting it wrong but in actual fact it's the feedback that helps us how to do it differently next time isn't it yeah absolutely and without that then how would we know and i think it, i i love that you say failure is feedback because i feel like that's ex- that is exactly what it is and it's oh it's just in how we think about it if we're going to think failure means oh i'm i messed up i'm the worst person ever like i can't do this then yeah sure it's not going to feel very good but if we can take a step back and take it as feedback and pull out okay what can we learn here then next time we're in a situation like that or you know we can really build on that strength and strengthen that muscle of taking the learnings and knowing that everything that happened happened exactly like how it was supposed to and happened for a reason and so now moving forward I'm a stronger person because of it yeah uh, yeah and that's and there lies the confidence and the self-worth and the self-esteem because once we've i was going to say mastered that i don't think we ever do but once <laughs> we start building on those sort of you know those banks of reserve the confidence bank it, life not it doesn't get easier but it gets more manageable doesn't it yeah i think i i'm always saying you know it doesn't necessarily get easier we just get stronger and uh, yeah. smarter <laughs> yeah oh wow that's really cool so so tell me in in your experience, especially at the minute, we're still, you know, we're in the UK and our kids are coming out of lockdown, they're back to school issues and stuff. But in your experience, what are the the biggies, that, again, in air quotes, that your clients are coming to you for? What are they what are they looking for coaching about? Or is it just I'm a hot mess, you know, sort me out. But what, what, what is it? What are they looking? What guidance are they sort of asking of you, um, Amanda? Yeah, I think for the most part, really, there's a big, this big piece, and I love that we kind of already touched on this, this confidence piece. That's huge for young people, being able to feel confident, being able to feel comfortable in their own skin, just being able to figure out, what do I want to do with my life? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's such a, at that stage in life, that's, that's it. Like, their identity and what am I doing with my future? Do you know, I think you're quite right because the majority of, especially young men, actually, the, or, or, you know, sort of teenage boys that, that I see who are struggling, um, mm. invariably they sort of come in and they go, I don't know what it is, but it feels awful and I want it to stop. And it's just, and, and when you start digging, it's because they don't know where they're heading. And it's mm-hmm. and, and I was going to say it's as simple as that. Mm, that's simple, but it's <laughs> it's sort of helping them work because I think the thing is is that we are problem solving beings, aren't we? We are driven, and and it's it's sort of you know many, especially here's a huge generalization, but the male of the species like to have pro- problem solving events and actions. So if they don't know where they're heading, there's very little direction for them to follow, which is really confusing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think when they have, you know, parents and teachers and sports coaches, whatever that might be, kind of coming at them and presenting, well, maybe this or maybe that, or, you know, even their peers, like, oh, Mm. well, you know, my friend is doing this. So maybe I'll do that. And it's just like so important for our kids to recognize their strengths, their beliefs, their values, and then to align their future with that so that they can feel fulfilled later in life. And if we're able to support them when they're young to figure that out, then they are able to create a future where they do feel fulfilled. They are thriving and they're flourishing. Yeah. And and I'm hearing from you that actually a lot of this isn't really the problem solving right at the start, is it? It's It's going back and who are you as a person? What do you stand for? I, I guess you talk about values and that sort of stuff and 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 those things I think and and we're allowed to say it more and more rather than you know 
in my day, it was sort of find yourself a job and keep going. But now we are allowed to actually admit to what brings us joy and let's focus on that. Whoa, what a strange Isn't that thought. so amazing? Yeah. <laughs> Flip's sake, I mean, you know, so, so many adults are going, if only I had the luxury. Yeah, yeah, come on. We're all allowed to do it, though, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're up, you, you got it right there. Like we are encouraged and though I think we always should have been, and things are definitely turning more to this, you know, finding something that does bring you joy. And it's not necessarily the the nine to five and you go to work. And even if you hate what you do, we still show up and you do it. No, it's not, it's not like that. I think a lot of people are beginning to realize that that isn't necessarily the best way, like hesitating to say, but, you know, the best way to feel fulfilled in life, because I think, you know, ultimately, whether, you know, the nine to five is what's for you, beautiful, but knowing that that's for you and loving what it is that you do, right? And I think the thing that's exactly it, it's it's knowing um, if that's what's your value, your motivator, your whatever. Because, um, I mean, I sort of say to my, said to my kids, you know, you're brilliant at physics, but if you don't like it, what's the blimmin' point? I need you mm-hmm. to wake up on a wet Wednesday knowing that you have chosen the subjects that are going to make you feel good. Um, okay, you know, some people love school some and some kids don't. But to know that actually you're going in and learning about something that sort of fills your mind with it be it curiosity or joy or whatever it is that's got to be a good start hasn't it yeah absolutely and I I love that you mentioned curiosity as well because I feel like that's something as we get older that sometimes we lose (laughs) right (laughs) yeah it's 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 a bit of a luxury isn't it I, I don't have time to give myself space to do that. And I think that's the thing. And I, I, I maybe, you know, it, you know, we are learning a lot in that we are, I mean, I'm sort of even when I speak to my sort of clients is giving them permission to sort of maybe take time out and sort of explore where they want to go rather than keep on following that mold, that model, you know, and do you really want to go to college or university? Well, my mom said, yeah, that's, but is it something that, you choose to do um and and i know so sadly at the minute with lockdown a lot of kids have wanted to go traveling and they can't and and i've heard some people so some parents go well you've missed out haven't you and i'm going oh no 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 no. you know there a gap gap year doesn't actually have to happen immediately after school you know give Mm -hmm. them the opportunity because even traveling i know my kids sort of started traveling and They've been very twitchy this year because they can't. And I think it's it opens up, again, for the curiosity, isn't it? It allows our kids to just see what's out there, what the world's got to offer. Yeah, and I think a really big lesson maybe that the pandemic has been able to teach our kids is patience because they are so used to this, like, I mean, we have these devices we carry everywhere and information and communication like everything is just so instantaneous and I feel like being able to slow down a bit and really appreciate and have patience and learn those skills I mean it's a really interesting way to learn the skill but I think that our kids do need a little bit of this like let's slow down a little bit that they need to be bored, don't they? For goodness' sake, and I don't, I don't know if I don't know if that's ever. Well, the thing is, is that boredom, and as you keep you, you have said a number of times, the space that they need. We fill, and and the you know, I was chatting to a number of other parenting coaches about this yesterday. The 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 space is filled with noise, and and our kids immediately reached for their devices. I don't know if it's through numbing what's going on. I don't know if it's because they don't know how to sit with an empty space. But they, and, and I mean, one mum I, I had been speaking to so said, my daughter, it was last Saturday, my daughter was on TikTok for about eight or nine hours. So, yeah. And so it's like, how do you educate kids not to do that? And I know many parents will be interested in this because it's, you know, it just sounds like nagging. But how do we 
encourage kids that there is a life outside their devices? Yeah, that's huge. And I think it's a lot easier as a coach to come in and have those conversations. And so for me, I think really showing them, you know, what is it like in almost with all of my clients, it's we're creating a list of what are the things that bring you joy? What are the things that you can do when you're bored? What are the things that get you excited? What are the things that motivate you? And having a more, a bigger list of choice. And because it is so easy to get lost in devices. And I think even as adults, as parents, like we can, you know, we're all a little guilty. Yeah. 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 I, I do not set a very good example. Yeah. And I think you just said it right there too, as well. I think a big part of that is as parents, what we can do is role modeling for our kids. Like I'm really intentional with, well, there's days in my house where it's screen-free days. Like today there's no screens. We're, we're just not going to have a screen. Um, And, you know, I do encourage my clients to try it, even if it's not for an entire day, even just for an hour and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the thing is, is it's, is leading by example, isn't it? Uh, And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, but, but I, I just, I, I know that many parents will go, well, you don't know my child or my child's (laughs) very willful. But I think the thing is, is it's, it's again, going back to giving our kids the power to take responsibility of themselves or empowering them to take responsibility of themselves. Would that be fair? Yeah, absolutely. And I think allowing them choice and letting them know that there are other choices. And we're talking specifically about devices. Like there are other things that you can be doing. I know with pandemic and all that, you know, things are maybe a little bit more challenging. Yes. Yeah. But letting them know that there are other things that they can be doing, whether it is this like numbing or uncertainty of what else can I do, but letting them know that there are other choices. And I think as parents, if we can even make attempt to, for us to connect with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it's, it, it is, well, it is, it's, it's, it's something that can sometimes be quite alien to parents when they have lost that connection from the little tween and then suddenly their child's turn into, dare I say it, a stroppy teenager. And I think the thing is, is what we have to learn is our child hasn't really changed. It's just the goalposts really, isn't it? They still have Mm. their wants and their needs and they still, I mean, you know, they still, they just need to be uh, understood differently, I think. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of the time as coach, that's kind of where we come in to give that space for them to be, to feel understood and allowing them just, and I'll say it again, the space. Yeah, 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 it is. To really explore well, it's such that, a right? blimmin' busy world, isn't it? I mean, the yeah. thing is, is that we're, and, and I, I don't think that um, you know, we're, we're taught that you've got to do this and get your homework done and then get your practice, a hockey practice in, and then you've got to do this. And now you've got, well, you've got to go and get your 10 hours of sleep a night and you can't do. And, and it's just, there's, there's none of that chilling, really. Chilling seems to be either gaming or, you know, and it's not sort of, I mean, do, do you give kids sort of exercises to do in that, that teach them how to get to know themselves? Yeah, that's actually a huge part of what Oh, share it. Yeah. (laughs) So I have quite a few different exercises, like even, you know, in coaching, working with young people, there is a lot more exercises and things that we're doing to help them explore who it is that they are, question, you know, who am I? What are my strengths? What am I good at? What do I admire in others? And, you know, really what having that, that gratitude in, you know, the people that are around them, but as well, as well, like what is inside of them? What can they appreciate about themselves? And I think that that's huge because I mean, 
we're teaching this to young people, but even as adults, like, do we? <laughs> no, absolutely. So, right? Absolutely. And, and it's, it's only because I, I sort of qualified um, as a master practitioner in NLP. Oh God, it feels, it was bad. 10 years ago but it was then that I was allowed to go what do I stand for who am I what do I like I'm I'm good at this flip's sake oh I'm not very good at that but it's it's Mm -hmm. actually sort of accepting who you the messiness of of yourself and sort of going but that's okay and I mean it's all right to be different because we spend our whole time trying to especially as teenagers trying to fit in don't we just going under the radar I don't want to stand out and yet when we're adults all we want to do is sort of stand out really and so what about me no one you know and so it's that flip-flop isn't it and it's trying to teach kids that I guess it's been comfortable with who they see in the mirror and going back to that word curiosity as well yeah absolutely and I think a lot of what I teach is just being yourself and the importance of being authentic and the importance of not trying to fit the mold or compare yourself to others because that's that's huge for our young people. They do. They just want to fit in. But then the question comes in is, fit into what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, <you're quite> right. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, you're quite right. Yeah. And actually, I think it's just self-acceptance, isn't it? And which then builds on the confidence. And, and, and that's where it's sort of, do you know what? I'm actually all right. I'm, I'm actually quite a cool person. Yeah. And, yeah. But it, sometimes it's quite hard, isn't it, to dig and find that. Because it's we're, we're taught, you know, I, I remember when I was, oh, no one likes a show off. And so we were taught to keep all that sort of suppressed a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And. I love that you mentioned that the the show off because I think, you know, yes, you don't want to kind of put yourself higher than others, and you know, but at the same time, being able to say like, yeah, I'm good at this. Yeah, I'm really good at this, and maybe bragging about yourself a little bit, and not to the point of you know, like being yeah, exactly, but being able to just know that I have talents, I have strengths, I have gifts, and they're unique to me. And that makes me amazing. That makes me awesome. And acknowledging that for young people and letting them acknowledge that for themselves and find out what it is for them that they're like, oh, yeah, like, I'm really good at that. That is I mean, those, yeah, those are exercises and and strategies that I find very familiar. But how do you deal, how do you support young people who are really struggling with their mental health, who literally can't see the wood from the trees, who can't see the the wonderfulness of themselves, who just feel that every day is a bleak day? How how do you get around that? Because it's big, isn't it? Especially at the minute. And mental health is, um, I, I, my experience is that it's, it's sadly, the statistics are getting worse and worse. Yeah. So I think something that's, you know, important to mention here is that there's, um, there's also other professionals, though coaching is awesome. There's also, also, you know, if it does get to this point where it's so severe that the young person can't actually function on a daily, I think it's important to mention the scope of coaching. And sometimes we need other professionals to come in and support as well. Like I have some clients that also work with therapists and me. So sometimes we can get into partnership with other professionals that can support that as well. But specifically as a coach, I would say that we can really just have patience with them. Yeah. Like let them just sit in that. And eventually they do come to like, I have had some clients who've been a bit of a challenge to sort of like, okay, well, let's pull out your strengths. What are you <laughs> yes, at? Like right. it's easy to say, right. <laughs> but then sometimes when we're sitting in that session and they're just like, well, I'm just not good at anything. And yeah. so, okay. Okay. And I think va- just validating them and letting them know that it's okay. okay, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's okay because you you actually need to get to know yourself. And 
I think because invariably the parents come in and know, oh no, no, you're good at this, or you're really, and it's it's actually being able to spot it in yourself. Yes, yes, and sometimes too, what I'll do is I'll do an exercise where um, they'll actually talk about other people and who do they admire, who is yeah. it, what do they, what qualities do they appreciate in other people, because it's interesting that as people the reason why we admire qualities in others is because we possess them ourselves. And sometimes we can't spot it. Yes, you're quite right. right. And so when I say that to them, they're always like taken back a little bit and they're like, well, really? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's how it works. (laughs) Yes, it is. Cause like attracts like, doesn't it really? And that's Mm -hmm. the thing. So it's, it's encouraging our kids to spot those um, characteristics in themselves. Yeah. And if they can kind of appreciate it about someone else, then they can start to notice those things that, okay, I appreciate that about whoever, you know, they're really kind or they're really confident. Confidence is huge when they see the confidence in other people, especially when they're like doing the social media scrolls and comparing and, oh, well, they're just so confident. And it's like, okay. Well, you have that in you. So let's start just noticing in the moments where you have confidence or when has there been a time where you felt like I'm really confident in this situation? When are those times? And pulling those out, like pulling out past experiences where they have maybe experienced that and reminding them like, oh yeah, I I have had moments where I've been confident. Yeah. And and I think the thing, that's the thing, because this is what, you know, I had a, a little chap I was working with the other day and um, he said, I just want to sort of sort my confidence out. I don't have, I'm just not confident. So I would, you know, and um, he lives on a farm and I sort of said, are you okay at brushing your teeth? And he went, well, yeah. And, you know, well, can you, can you tie your shoelaces? Yeah. Can you ride a bike? Yeah, I can drive a tractor. And I'm going, now, and how do you feel when you do these things? And it was suddenly, oh, okay, oh, okay, yeah. I get it. And it's the, and that's the wonderful thing with kids, isn't it, is watching those light bulbs go on. Oh, that's one of my favorite, favorite things about coaching. I think coaching. selfishly it's why we do it, is it not? <laughs> right. <laughs> but it is, it's just, it's, it's just watching when something that you've asked or something that's just clicked and you just know that, yeah, it's landed. And, and that's, that's the learning, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. And that's what, you know, that they're going to be able to take with them for the rest of their lives and be able to build upon. Right. Cool. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. So tell me typically how how long do you work with a client? Because I'm presuming that you don't start when they're six and they go on till they're 26. So how, how, or if if, if you do, then I want your business model, please. But but how, how, how long, you know, would, should a parent or a a young person expect to be coached for? I know that's a really unfair thing because I think the more you coach, it can become a bit addictive. And, oh, I want to learn this and I want to get better at that. But how how long do you sort of usually sort of say to expect? Yeah, I really think that it depends on like, what is it that we're working on? And like you said, sometimes we're working on one thing and then, okay, that's feeling great. So what's next? And we're moving on to the next goal, the next goal, and the next goal. And so really starting off, I like to start with, about 90 days. I mean, I do offer a 30 day option because I feel like a lot of the times it it is, you know, mom or dad, they hear about coaching. They're like, Oh my goodness. You know, Sally would be really great for coaching. And then Sally's like, well, what's coaching? Who is this person? And so they're just uncertain. So being able to give them, okay, well, let's just try it for a month. If you don't like it, then that's so important, Amanda, because it's, it's building the trust and the, and the relationship, isn't it? Because you're not going to like every adult that sort of comes across your path. So I think, you know, and it it can turn into a very strong relationship. So you need to, you, you know, the kids need to understand and, and parents that, um, you know, your child might go, no, I didn't like them, but it doesn't mean that every coach is, you know, not suitable. It doesn't mean that coaching is wrong. It's just, it's okay. It's a bit like teachers. You like some more than others. So, yeah. 
Oh, yes. I love that you bring up that point because I think that is so important. And that's huge that, you know, if after meeting the coach, they're like, eh, no, okay. There, but there's other coaches out there. And that's what's so great about coaching is that there are other coaches and there are different styles. There's different approaches. There's different personalities. Yeah. And, and we are coming out of the woodwork. I mean, about sort of, you know, mm. 10 years ago, I you, you wouldn't have known the sort of parent coach if it hit you over the head with a wet fish. But now that, I mean, you've got a Facebook group packed with sort of um, parenting coaches, haven't you? Yeah. And I just think, you know, being able to, when we're able to bring like-minded people together and not only yeah. that, when we're able to, let's say, you know, get into a conversation because it is hard for a young person to agree to yeah. want to come to well, what is this coaching? And yes, there are some um, clients that come, you know, they're the, the young person comes directly to me and they're like, I want coaching. And that's awesome. But there are a lot of the times where it's mom or dad who yeah. hears about coaching and thinks that their son or daughter would be a great fit. And so they bring their child into that. And I think what's really important is to mention that, you know, though, yes, we can give it a try, but it should never be something that they feel forced to do because it's not really as effective that way. And I think being able to let them make the choice or, okay, well, maybe this coach isn't for you. Yeah. Maybe not coaching. It's just this coach. Well, it's a bit like being forced to play the piano, isn't it? I mean, you know, you've got to learn yeah. music, play the piano. Well, actually, no, but I'll tell you what, I quite like to learn the saxophone. I mean, it's it's something a bit like yes. that, isn't it? It's just yeah. finding, you know, but, but 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 when parents come to you, what, you know, what is their sort of, what's their initial question? And, you know, do, do they, because do, do, I, I think a lot of parents, and I know we've discussed it, but a lot of parents don't quite know what coaching is all about um and and it it, I I know it is sort of about providing support but um what 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 sort of questions you know are they are the questions I'll I'll phrase it properly now are the the questions that the parents come to we need this are they the same as the questions that the kids are actually looking for at the end of the day when you start digging Well, that's an interesting question because oftentimes it's not. Yeah. And as a coach, that's something that I do address right in the beginning that, you know, as parents, you know, you're coming with the best intentions, but sometimes that isn't what your son or daughter is looking for at this time. And what's important about coaching is that we're supporting the client, the young person where they're at. Yeah. And not enforcing this agenda and, you know, imposing what others want them to be doing. It's really meeting them where they're at. And that's something that I really stressed in the beginning is, you know, are you okay as a parent if the program looks a little bit different? Of course, I'm coming with the best intentions and supporting them where where they're at. And my intention is for them to get the support they need, become their best selves, and really like the importance of meeting them where they're at. I can't stress that enough because it can, it oftentimes does look very different. Mm-hmm. And there's times where it's, you know, way off. And I use this example um, because it's the most extreme that I've ever had, but it was really interesting that, you know, the parent had come to me and said, look, you know, I really want my daughter to work on bringing up her grades and maybe, you know, making a few new friends. Okay, we can work with that. That's definitely something that coaching can support. And then, you know, in every consultation, I always spend time with just the child so that they talk different. You know, most kids talk different when parents aren't there. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in that in that conversation, where it was just the two of us, I was, you know, asking her and kind of digging like, well, what is it that you want? Like, what do you think you need support with? And her thing was that she was having these suicidal thoughts. Yeah. And, you know, I use that example because it's like, that's, we're not even reading the same book at this point. No, like, exactly. It, it's, <laughs> and it's a massive learning curve for parents. So what do you do there with the confidentiality? Yeah. So for me, I think it's important to, 
allow the young person to have a safe space to be able to, okay, you know, it's him, her, and I, and it's a safe space for them to not feel like, oh, well, after I'm going to go and, you know, tell mom and dad everything that we talked about. Yes, of course, if there's something where, like in this situation where I'm concerned about them harming themselves or harming others or something, you know, like, then of course, (laughs) we need support here from parents and, you know, others. But in most situations, it's everything that happens in the session is completely confidential. If there's anything where I'm, you know, severely concerned about something, then sure, then, you know, we'll involve the parent. But for the most part, it's really just the child and I. And what I like to encourage is for the child to discuss with their parents what we're talking about, right? So I'm not saying anything, but then the child, then it also builds that bond between the parent and child because the child's getting to decide, okay, this is what I'm willing to share. This is what I've learned. This is what I'm working on. And then the parents can support that and actually celebrate because I think that that's huge, right? Like let's celebrate the progress, even though we're on different pages or we want different things that are coaching the things that the child is working on, they're making progress with. And that is what we, what ultimately we want. And I think also you just said that is, is giving our, giving the, the, the young person the opportunity to be heard. And sometimes what they're saying is the first time they've ever verbalized something. And so for, <laughs> for them to hear themselves say whatever it is, be it about self-harm and suicidal thoughts, be it about sexuality, be it about, I don't know, sort of just not getting on the football team or whatever it is, but mm-hmm. being able to verbalize, hearing back to themselves and actually realizing, well, the sky didn't fall in or no one started laughing at me. And so, you know, it's validating their feelings and giving them the chance to process what they're feeling so that they can then probably project what they're feeling slightly more coherently to mum and or dad. Yeah. I, I, and that's quite valuable, isn't it? For just for, for us again, again, holding the space for the young person. <laughs> yes, it's so true. And it is, it's so, so important. And I think if that's one thing as parents that we can do, it's just that it's to hold space for whatever it is, what, yeah. whatever, whatever that might be. And I know it, can be can be difficult to just kind of like bite your tongue and because we do we we want to we want to help them we don't want them to ever feel hurt or or sad or but these are all important things for them to grow and develop and become themselves and learn who it is that they are and to learn to navigate emotions or to figure out who it is that they are and what's important to them but it's also quite important for us parents to learn how to be a parent of that child because we might have we might have had different hopes expectations views or whatever and sometimes we are sometimes revelations or changes in our child might just knock us for six and it was whoa wasn't expecting that curveball and we need to adjust our own sales as parents don't we to you know know that well, actually, little Johnny is no longer going to be the queen or the king of the stage. He actually wants to go and do, I don't know, swimming or something. And we have to adjust, you know, I, I mean, I when you were sort of talking about an example of one of your um, clients, one of mine was a 24-year-old boy and the, the, the dad sort of came and he said, please just help help my son out. He's really miserable doing his um, job. He was in finance. Um, and I just want him to be happy. And I went, right, cool, lovely. This might not go the way you think it's gonna go here. Yep. And and literally, sort of I I this this young lad ghosted me for a while. And I just thought, you know, after about three or four sessions, I was right, okay, this happens, fine. He eventually came back and he went, Oh my God, thank you so much. I'm having such a great time. I've sort of retrained as a chef. And and it was like, oh, bet dad didn't see that one coming. But the whole point is, is that as parents, whatever our expectations are, the long and the short of it is we want our kids to be happy, don't we? Yeah. And as coaches, we want the same. Totally. Yeah. That's so wonderful. Yeah, we do. That's that's mm-hmm. that, that's it, isn't it? It's the light bulb moments and the and just getting that 
young person to yes just see the future in a more optimistic and a, a, a and a better light yeah my darling girl thank you so much that that, uh, that has been so wonderful and 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 any parents um or young people listening to this if you are looking for coaches or a coach I all Amanda's um, details will be in the show notes. So if you want to contact her um, and if you don't want to contact her, go out and find another blooming parenting coach because there's a load <laughs> of us now. And as we've just said, we want to create an environment to make young people thrive and for them to be happy. Don't we? Yeah, that is the ultimate goal. And, you know, if we can support them where they're at and be able to give them a foundation for their future. It's truly a, a gift and a blessing. It is. To be I'm, able I'm going to... back. I'm going back to, to, to your opening sentence or the opening sentence. I said, Amanda continues to commit herself to making it her life mission for every young person to have a coach. And for that, I celebrate you. So thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'll speak to you soon. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you want to help other parents looking for support, then please share this with your friends and family. Because if you find this podcast useful, then they will too. So please share via your social media. If you have any parenting questions, then please give me a shout through my email, which is toolbox at kygraham.com. And I may even use your question as a future podcast episode. If you want to connect, please come and join me on Instagram. Just search for Kai Graham. Also, could you do me a favour, please? Parenting teenagers can feel very confusing and isolating at times. And I believe that it takes a village to raise a child. And we are here to support one another. I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. And a good one, by the way. (laughs) Because when you do, it lets more parents out there know that there is support for them too. Thank you. And as always, this comes with much love.